Hey, Jay. Hey, Kyle. Hey, how's it going? (laughs) What are you guys listening to this week? Welcome to What Are You Listening To? The weekly podcast created to foster community through music by sharing the stories behind the songs that soundtrack our lives. Some of the songs are old, some new, all good. I'm Jen Tully, and this week I'm joined by authors Jay Watson and Kyle Wiltshire, who recently released their first novel, The Dead Rock Stars, a book swirling with music and nostalgia that asks the question, What if famous rock stars from the past, those who died young in sudden and tragic ways, actually faked their deaths to become secret agents? Welcome to the world of the dead rock stars, the heroes we never knew we had. This week, we'll get to know Jay and Kyle through four songs that have influenced them and their work. Additionally, I handed playlist duties over to them for this episode, so two song picks are Jay's and two are Kyle's. For the best listening experience, I recommend tuning into the show on Spotify. There, you can hear the show with the songs we discuss incorporated. You can also find the show on Apple, Amazon Music, or wherever you stream. But if you're not listening on Spotify, be sure to give the playlist a listen and then tune into our conversation. With that, let's get started. Jay, Kyle, what are you guys listening to this week? (laughs) <laughs> Jen, thank you so much for having us. This is going to be, we're going to have fun today. Okay. This is going to be a lot of fun. We're excited about being here. We're excited about hanging out with you. I, uh, I picked two songs and, uh, I, the first one that I, uh, picked that I'd like to talk about is the Avett brothers, uh, head full of doubt, road full of promise. Um, I came to the Avett brothers party a little late. I had a friend, uh, that I went to college with who loved the Avett brothers. He could not stop talking about them. He was like, there's these acoustic guys and they, they play their instruments like they're heavy metal band. And I was like, yeah. what? And, uh, he would send me the, the live volume one, live volume two, live volume three. And, and, and so I started to kind of get to know them that way. And then there was this album that came out, the I and love and you album. And it kind of broke my brain. I ended up going to see them live and fell in love with them, uh, watched the documentaries, watched kind of them, watched their story, watched their background. Everything about them is fascinating to me because I don't think they can help but make music. Like they're the kind of <laughs> band that like if they were doing something else, uh, you can't imagine it. Like you can't imagine them doing anything but this and and uh, their representation of even North Carolina and what it's like to, you know, live on the upper upper floor with all the windows open and you can just, you can almost smell, you know, the trees coming in the the windows and what it's like to live there. And, um, I just love them. I love everything about them. This song for me is a song that in some ways inspired, uh, me to write. Uh, I love the idea of the juxtaposition of every human when they have all this hope in their life and all these ideas and all these promises and dreams And at the same time, they think they're worthless and they think they can't do it. And they think it's never something that's going to actually happen. And for me, this song encompasses that. 
Oh, that's such a great, succinct way to put it. I'm with you. I love the Avet brothers. I um, I discovered them pretty early, I think, actually, um, but didn't really get into them. I knew I was familiar with the I and Love and You album and this song, but I didn't really start going deep until the Emotionalism album. Mm. Um, well, actually, that came first. Um, so I heard this song and then I went back right. to Emotionalism. And my favorite Avet brothers song is off of that album. It's a song called called The Ballad of Love and Hate, yeah, um, which is similar but different. Like they, they do such a yeah. good job and you can tell they love that juxtaposition of like positive and negative and light and dark. And um, I think that that is something that it was interesting. I was wondering where this song figured in because the book that we're going to talk about that you guys wrote, you guys wrote a little later in life, right? This wasn't something that you started in your teens or twenties. You picked this up later, right? right? Um, And I think that it's so cool the way that you incorporated everything um, pop culture that got you to this point. Even though the book takes place back around like Y2K is a big sort of central figure, um, you really got to kind of encompass all of these things in a book that I think would have been hard to do had you been writing it at that time. Do you know what I mean? Oh, you wouldn't yeah. have had no perspective. perspective. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. And so I, I wondered sort of where this song fit into it. And now it makes perfect sense to me that this was kind of the inspiration to jump off and try something like writing a book, you know, later in life. Um, what what made you think like now's the right time to do it? What finally was sort of the thing that that pushed you guys to the point where you thought like, OK, we're ready now? I guess uh Jay and I have, I wasn't the friend that introduced him to, to Avid brothers, but I, I'm, we, we knew one another from since college yeah. and, uh, we would often spend our, our mornings commuting to work in those days. Um, just talking about movies and stories and books and television, you know, and all the, all the, the, the superfluous frivolous stuff in life, not really our families, you know, those sort of things, but <laughs> you know, talking about the fun stuff and, you know, Jay and I just, have watched and consumed so many stories that we, we convinced ourselves, you know, we could do this. We could tell a story because we'd always be picking apart the flaws and why did they do this? And why did they totally forget about this thing that they said in this, you know, the second movie or whatever, you know? And, and so we thought to ourselves, why don't, why don't we give this a shot? But now I'm kind of, I'm kind of framing this, you know, in, in a way that's not truly true to life. I'm the, I'm the break in our relationship. Jay's the gas. And so when, when I, you know, I initially came and had the idea, this is something that I thought about, you know, Hey, what if, you know, these dead rock stars, what if they're not really dead? What if they're alive? What if they're secret agents? Jay was like, man, I love that idea. Let's do it. And he was the accelerator. And I'm the one who's always kind of the wet blanket, you know, I don't, well, I don't know, you know? And so if we're the, you know, if we're the Abbott brothers, the light and the dark, you know, he's the light, I'm the dark, you know, I think that may be the, the way to describe our, uh, our relationship. That's very kind. Yeah. <laughs> I love that though. I love that. And again, sort of the way that music inspires in such unexpected ways, right? Like who would have known? I think when, you know, when, 
Scott and Seth Avet were sitting down, like writing this music. I don't think that they thought, like, oh, maybe this will inspire two guys to write a book, you know, but it is. <laughs> it did inspire you. And that's one of the things that I love and, and why I find music so magical and always have, because you never know what's going to come out of it and how like vulnerable and brave for an artist to put it out there. And then how I think humbling it must be for them to sort of let go of control of that music they've created and then just let it take on a life of its own and influence or not people in ways that they never could have imagined or guessed. So I love that. And I think that if ever this podcast finds its way to the Avet Brothers ears, they would be so proud to know that this song inspired a book. Um, well, we depart a little bit here for your second pick, Jay. So um, tell me about your second pick. So I, I am a... Um... I am a pop culture enthusiast, especially when it comes to music, pop music, rock music, uh, alternative rock, indie rock. Um, somewhere around 2006, 2007, I started to really heavily get into indie rock and alternative rock and alternative okay. pop. And <clears throat> I don't know exactly when the Heavy Dirty Soul album came out for 21 Pilots, but... Uh, there was these songs that were on there that I was like, what is this band? They are a amalgamation of all these different types of styles. I mean, sometimes it's rock, sometimes it's dance music, sometimes it's reggae, sometimes it's all of these things. They'll rap, they'll do all these things. Like, who is this? Who are these people? And there was one song called Tear in My Heart that I just loved everything in it. Talking about someone, you know, grabbing their heart and being a butcher with a smile. <laughs> I just thought that was the greatest line. And uh, I am a, I am a cheerleader for musicians and for bands. Like if I find a band, I'm going to tell everybody about it. And what I get more excited about is not just somebody producing a good album, but then the next one being even cooler. And then the one after that being uh, even more amazing. And so I went and saw Scaled and Icy, uh, the tour Scaled and Icy. I saw the album. That album for me is a perfect pop album, like start to finish. It is uh, so sunny and so bright. And at the same time, they're saying all these depressing things. Like one of the songs is called Choker. And it's like, I was born a choker, you know, uh, second, uh, second, secondhand smoke, never be in the one of the party, but secondhand smokes talking about stuff like that. It just kills me. And, and it's so light and airy, you know, it's talking about how today's going to be a good day, but he's lost his job. You know, all these things have happened. It's going to be a great day. And just that, that, uh, contradictory kind of pop music is some of my favorite stuff. And I just fell in love with them. And so I went to see them on tour and I began uh, uh, studying a little bit more about them and they are just so creative. They're so weird and they're so wonderful yeah. and their fans are rabid. And so I just kind of fell in love with it. And I went to the show and I watched all these different people that in some ways all kind of feel like outsiders, but they feel connected to 21 pilots. And so I just started to just kind of grasp onto that and just kind of really look into their uh, music and their meanings and what they're after and where they're from. The sim sim symbolism of what they do, he covers himself in ink. And, oh, yeah. uh, you know, in, in many ways, I think he feels like him, he himself is more of a writer than he is a musician, or maybe he's both. I don't know. But I just see when you talk about an addict with a pen and stuff like that, like you hear those things, you're like, Whoa, there's this, this guy's been thinking about stuff. He also, uh, battles, I think with mental health and depression mm -hmm. and, uh, the song trees by 21 pilots is the song that they play at the end of every concert. 
And I didn't know okay. that before I went and they started to play it. And I'm like, I don't really even, I don't know if I remember this song because it's not on any of these three albums that I fell in love with. And I sat there and I started listening to it and I started to listen to the build and it's just so emotional. And I can relate to every line of that song because there are many times in our life where we don't know what's happening. We don't know why it's happening. And there are times where we feel alone. And yeah. to hear him talk about calling out to the trees, you know, which is obviously it's a spiritual allegory. It's a spiritual illusion. He's talking about looking for that higher power, listening to that higher power. And then the joy when for him, he connects and it kind of explodes into this climax is just, uh, it's a song I probably need to hear every day. I love this song too. And, and I have to agree with you a little bit in that, um, well, or, or disagree. I, I guess I came to 21 Pilots late. They're a yeah. band that I found late because I didn't understand what they were, right? Yeah. I thought they weren't for me. Yep. Um, and I'd heard their music. I heard, you know, Blurry Face. I'd heard Stressed Out. My um, my youngest brother actually danced with my mom to House of Gold at his uh, wedding. Which is that perfect. Yeah, that was their yeah. that was their song to dance to. So I I was familiar, but I thought like, oh, these are like young dudes right. that are just making like, you know, like punk kind of music for other young dudes. And it wasn't until Scaled and Icy that I really, really like they turned me around. And the yes. song that did that um, is the song Shy Away. Yes, I think that Shy Away yes. is an amazing song all the time, every day in yes. my head. I say the line, um, you manifest a ceiling yes. when you shy away, right? Like I, anytime I'm scared to do something or I'm feeling nervous, I remember that. Like who wants to manifest a ceiling? No yeah. way. You want, you want sky's the limit all yeah. day long. And so I think about that line often. It sits with me, like you were saying about trees, like it sits with me almost every day. I hear it. And this was a band that I kind of actively disliked. I like understand. it wasn't yeah, even. Sure. And they're, then you're not back. quite. They're not quite on the level of Imagine Dragons when it comes to like public hate, <laughs> but they're they're severely <laughs> misunderstood. I think they really are. And they have such like, once you do dig in, they really do have an interesting past. You know, they come from this extremely religious background where, you know, music was kind of banned in their house. Or if they wanted to listen to that kind of music, they were forced to find like a Christian rock version of it. And you can still really see the conflict. And I love that they're not afraid to, to speak of a, of a higher power and that they're connected to something, but it's not overtly religious, right? Like, no, that's exactly right. Have... If you go see them live, it is very clear that the diversity of, of opinion on what they do and why they do it is beautiful. Yeah. They're, they're yeah. making connections in a pretty significant way to all types of people, all yeah. types of backgrounds, all types of faiths. I agree. And and that like uh, I'm segueing in here, not accidentally, but I also love that about the book, right? I felt like the book made all of these really cool connections, whether it was, um, you know, the dead rock stars that appear and I won't give it away because some of them were really fun to be surprised by um, <laughs> for me as they popped up in different roles with different skill sets. And then some of the, um, there's a couple that kind of, um, you know, makes an appearance in the book that's an unexpected connection um, that I don't know people would naturally, you know, put together or think to make happen. And so I love the idea too of sort of these 
disparate references or pieces of life coming together to form this connection that everybody can get behind and everybody can relate to and that you never really knew you needed. I didn't know I needed a story about <laughs> these dead rock stars not really being dead, you know, and I did. I loved it. I loved it. Thank you. Oh, thank you so much. It's so encouraging. That was part one of Jen's interview with Jay Watson and Kyle Wiltshire. Come back next week to hear Kyle's picks and the rest of their discussion.